Hey everyone, welcome back to Earning Confidence. Uh, I have a very, very special show today, a very special guest. Um, this is one I've been looking forward to. So to be honest with you, when I had the thought of starting a podcast, you were the first person that popped into my head. So um, very special to have this person next to me here. Uh, she is the author of this wonderful book here, Delirious Bliss, Amanda Reed. She is also my cousin. That is not, um, I did not say all these nice things just because we're related. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm very happy to have you here. Thanks. I am so happy you invited me. Good. Well, um, we're going to get right into this. We'll do a little bit of background on you and then uh, we'll jump into the book. Um, where are you from? A little bit of all over. Um, yeah. Grew up in Hickory, Chicago, Hickory. We kind of bounced around a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Hickory Hills, southwest side of Chicago, yeah. suburb. And uh, um, you went to high school here in the Chicago land area? I went to high school at, in Pale Sills, Stag. Okay, yeah. yeah. So right next door. And then um, what about your parents? What did they do for a living? Uh, dad was a truck driver. Hmm. Still is. Um, mom, majority of childhood, she was a PCA, nurse's assistant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. In the healthcare field. And um, how were you growing up? How were you as a kid? Do you, would you say you were introverted, extroverted, outgoing? Gear more toward introverted. Yeah. Um, but not so much out of like uh, shyness. Okay. But more um, as far as like kids and stuff went, I just was, I was more interested in what the adults were doing and stuff like that. You I know, gotcha. like I always wanted to be in on adult conversations. Hmm. Um, I wasn't really interested in them. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Did you play sports? Uh, no. No? No, no. sports? No. Um, what about college? Did you go to college? Uh, I tried it for yeah. a little bit. Yeah? Uh, didn't work out. Right? Didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, no college, no organized sports, kind of introverted as a kid. What made you think one day, hey, I'm going to write a book? Um. Well... That was kind of like a gradual thought. Um, the book started out as journals, my okay. journals. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if it was out of boredom one day or out of my uh, organizational OCD, but I started to organize like my journals and I noticed that there were like themes and whatever. And I think one day I was kind of just looking over them and thought like, this might be like a chapter of something or, you know, and that's kind of how it's, how it started out. Hmm. Interesting. And did you have any, did you do any writing as a kid? I did yeah. actually. Yeah. Like I've always been a much better, uh, writer than I was a speaker. Okay. You know, like it just comes out differently sure. through my fingertips. Hmm. Well, that's cool. And, um, did you have, uh, were you a big reader? Did you read a lot of books? Not as a kid. Yeah. I didn't start really reading a lot I probably read my first book at like 1920 wow yeah first book yeah at 19 or 20 yeah wow that's that's interesting it is, <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> and uh so you didn't have any like authors or anything that you looked up to or anything like that uh no not growing no. up and well authors that I looked up to I mean now looking back um this is kind of like a really weird answer <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever read like the this is probably an insult to writers everywhere um have you ever read the Chelsea Handler books 
No, but okay. I know who she is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't know if she writes her own books or, or what happens. But um, those were some of the first books that I read. And what sticks with me now is that you can hear like I personally at least could hear her voice in my head and it made it all of that more funny and that's always something that stuck with me and that's been my favorite compliment thus far yeah yeah cool and um so you're you wrote the book and do you do any sort of like uh any other writing like blogging or anything like that there is a blog on the website um I actually was just making a schedule today of um a consistent blogging schedule that I need to start to stick to um but yeah there's a blog on the website I mean I do a ton of writing a ton yeah um don't publish much of it (laughs) not yet well so let's get back to that journaling how long have you been doing that forever yeah forever that's definitely something I've always done so did you have a diary as a kid uh yeah diary a lot of it came out in um like when I was younger there was a lot of poetry okay yeah interesting um and that wasn't uh do you still write poetry not really i did a few years ago there's some i pumped out of me a few years ago but i haven't really intentionally sat down and written anything Hmm. when you were writing the book so i want to get back into into how you decided how how you came upon the decision to write the book so how old were you when you decided to write the book 25 okay had to be 25 or 26 no i don't want to tell the world how old you are now but how long ago was that uh about five six years ago (laughs) and when was the book published in march of this year yes so five or six years it took you to write the book yeah wow yes that's that's incredible that you stuck with it yeah it definitely got put away quite a bit for months at a time and then pulled out for months at a time and it was back and forth, but yeah, I definitely, I never, never gave up on it. Did you tell anybody you were writing it when you, when you were writing it? Uh, I told my then husband. Okay. And, and probably like my sister yeah. and my mom maybe, or, you oh. know, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a, a public thing. Sure. Yeah. And w- did they give you any sort of feedback? Uh, I never gave it to them. No, I mean like when you, when you told them, Hey, I'm writing a book. Oh, were they like, oh, that's awesome, or like, what are oh, you doing yeah. writing a book? Oh yeah, my si- my mom, my sister, definitely for yeah. sure. So yeah, you had some good always had some cheerleaders. Yeah, great, that's awesome. And well, so let me ask you a question: How important do you think it is to have somebody like that in your life that uh, gives you some encouragement like that? Unless you are um, very, very strong-minded, mm-hmm. uh, it's very important. Yeah, people are very important. Yeah. Yes. So when you when you were writing the book. Um, you told them about it, but did uh, was there anybody that helped you with the book? Um, actually, early on, I did. I mean, it's evolved a lot. It's evolved mm-hmm. a lot. And early on, I did maybe like the first or second draft. Um, I had had people, a couple people that I knew act as beta readers. Okay. Um, but I quickly figured out that didn't work because they knew me and they didn't want to hurt my feelings. Sure. And, you know, it wasn't constructive. Mm-hmm. Um and I look back on that draft now, and I'm like, this is terrible. Like, this is absolutely awful. Yeah. I don't know why you would say anything nice about it. So that wasn't helpful. But, yeah, I did give a couple of people, um, you know, an inside look at it just to try that. But So it took you, what would we say, five to six years to write it. And uh, was this always the title, or did that change as well? No, that was always the title. Always the title. Always. Okay, so why don't you tell us, what is 
Title of the book is Delirious Bliss, the Secrets of Joy Through the Chaos of Life. So what is Delirious Bliss? Well, you know, um, life is life, and it has its peaks, and it's ha- it has its valleys, and I think we're all like really well aware of that. And um, it's Delirious Bliss is just being able to continue during those less than perfect times in life to find your joy and to acknowledge your blessings and um you know find stability in what feels unstable mm-hmm. um just basically like finding your happiness in less than perfect moments okay i read the book and i really enjoyed it and i read a lot of self-improvement books and um not just saying this because you're here but it's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it really yeah, was. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I really thought it was well written. Thank you. The uh, but what I would like to do is dive a little bit more into the concepts that you have in the book because I think some of the concepts are are fantastic. But I'd like to learn a little bit more um, about how you came up with them and um, and and how we can uh, actually use them in our mm-hmm. in our lives. So, um, going off my notes here. So the first one here is. Bliss can't exist without falling in love without falling in love with life. Look for things to fall in love with. Kind words from another, a child's laughter. Is this gratitude? Absolutely. And um, is this is this something you've always been able to do? No. Definitely not. So how do you how do you work at it? What what do you do to uh, to make this a habit? Well, Little things like that, like a child's laughter, you know, a song that you resonate with, whatever it might be. Um, Little things. That's how you build a gratitude practice is recognizing the little things, Um, being, you know, grateful for them. Like and and gratitude, people think of as a thought, like I'm grateful for I'm thankful to be here, you know, like, but it's not. You have to uh, you have to turn it into an emotion. Okay. Gratitude has to be an emotion, mm. and that is how you build your gratitude practice. But it does start with little things. Yeah. So by by recognizing these little things over time, um, will change it from thought to emotion. You think? Um, I think yes, but it has to. Uh, you have to like give details to yourself, right? To turn it into emotion. Like instead of just like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's great. You know. Yeah. It's like. No, like, Ron, seriously, like, I admire you and Sarah so much. I love what you're doing in the world. I'm, like, super, like, honored. You know, like, I actually, like, feel it. And you have to tell yourself, like, okay, I'm grateful for this, but why? Why am I grateful? Okay. Next next one. Um, This one, I got to tell you, really hit me hard. You talk about I already know what it is. When I read it in the book. Yeah, I... I got a little choked up when I read it, so I'll try to get through it without getting choked up again. What if it were true that when we eventually fall asleep in the arms of angels, before we get to our destination, we must sit through a period of time and feel the feelings we gave to others? That It gives me chills just thinking about it again. Me too, me too. So is this something that you... Did you come up with this or is it something that you heard from somewhere else or where did this come from? This came from a conversation. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's there's this idea floating around in the world somewhere, you know, in different words. But this actually came from a conversation that I had with our cousin Stacy. 
And we used to have like a bunch of different kinds of spiritual conversations and just different ideas and whatever. And um, yeah, that it just it it that idea formed in this conversation and it resonated with me more than anything ever has in terms of karma. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you believe in karma? I do, but I don't I don't believe that, you know, it's um like karma's a bitch. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's it's out to get you. I just think it's about learning. Yeah. Yeah. So the golden rule, right? And that there's consequences for your actions. And um, so, but reading this passage um, made me think that, um, you know, it seemed very spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. So are, do you consider yourself a spiritual person? Spiritual, yes. Religious? No. No. I kind of, uh, kind of lost a lot of faith in whatever I believed around the age of 12 when my grandfather passed away. Mm. Um, but then that I kind of had a reawakening. Uh, I lived in, in Germany. I was in a really bad marriage, and I kind of had like a spiritual awakening there. Really? Yes. So the next one, every moment spent regretting the past is a moment taken away from effort you could be putting in the present. So this is another one that hit me because... I tend to live a lot in my past and beat myself up for, you know, things I did when I was younger. So how do we stop living in regret? You have to learn acceptance. Acceptance, I think, is is the biggest thing. Um, There's no going back. You you cannot change it. Mm -hmm. Um, Shoulda, coulda, woulda is completely pointless. Yeah. Um, So once you accept that, I mean, you stay you stay in the present more at that point and you can do better and make better decisions and create a better future. Um, but we can't hold on to the things we've messed up in the past. Yeah. Easy, not simple, right? No, exactly. It takes practice. Like yeah. everything, everything in this book takes practice. Sure. Yeah. And so that's a good point. So is it a daily practice? Is it a moment by moment practice I mean uh as intentionally as you can get about it I mean moment by moment I think is pretty unrealistic uh we're human we're not gonna stay in you know perfect thought all the time um but definitely daily if you can take five ten minutes a day um preferably at the end of the day what happened today reflect on it you know like do better tomorrow um it's it's intentional though yeah yeah Progress, not perfection, right? Yes. Yeah. Got to keep reminding myself of that. But we always want it perfect, Me don't we? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right. So another one. To let go of your fear of judgment is to invite more personal freedom into your life. The, z- the desire to be liked all the time produces masks for you to wear. And by putting those masks on, you then let others take control of defining who you are. This is something that I struggle with a lot. Okay. I'm always trying to please people um i i always uh i do stuff that i i i do things so so for example let's say uh you know somebody's gossiping about somebody and um you know and they're they're telling me all their bad stuff and then and then i might chime in with what i think is bad about them too even though i don't want i I don't want to gossip i'm just trying to make the other person feel good about what they're saying right you know so how do we how do we stop? Doing and I think that? stuff like that, like I'm guilty of that. We're yeah. all guilty of that kind of stuff. And I, I don't think that, um, you know, that again is another kind of practice. But in general, um, I've come a long way with this. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I just I just don't care. I mean, like people are they're 
whether you're being yourself or not, people are going to like you or they're not. Sure. And so, like, I would rather have people like me that actually like me mm-hmm. than who I'm trying to be. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I think we think of if someone doesn't like you, we think of that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like you have to kind of reframe that. Like, who cares? It's just personality differences. Sure. It's not like it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of people you don't like. There's plenty of people I don't like. Right. Um, you can still be cordial, still be respectful, all of that. Yeah. You don't have to like everyone. and Everyone doesn't have to like you. Right. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's one I'm, I try to work on. I, and I think I get better as I get older, right? Me I mean, too, yeah. With age, I think I, you know, kind of care less, but it, I, I still know when it's there. And, yeah, you know. yeah, and we all get in the, I still get in those situations yeah. as well, especially the, the, the gossip thing. That does yeah. happen. That well, and, and I feel like sometimes it, uh, it, it can hold me back from doing certain things. So, like, for the... For example, the YouTube channel or the podcast and stuff, it took me so long to get those started mm-hmm. because I was so afraid of what people were going to mm-hmm. say, you know, yes. or what they were going to think yes. or, you know, yes, what absolutely. was going to go on behind my back. And, yeah. you know, I mean, this stuff comes from all of my personal journals. I, yeah, right, <laughs> I feel right. you. I really do. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, it just at some point I was like, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. It'll resonate with someone. W- what made you, why did you write the book? Why did you feel the need to pull your journal thoughts together, put them into a book and put it out there? Because everything in here um, for a very long time helped me survive mentally. And um, one day I was looking over them and I, I said, I can't be the only one. I cannot be the only one that struggles with these things that needs to overcome these things, do these exercises, whatever. Mm. Um, and that's kind of how the idea formed was because of my struggles. And um, now you said you lived in Germany and um, you were in a, what did you say, a bad marriage? Yeah. yeah. Probably worse than bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how long were you uh, married? I was married for five and a half years. Five and a half years. Okay. And... Um, Oh, what what brought you to Germany? He was military. Oh, okay, and and what, um, if you don't mind me asking, made the marriage bad? Um, very emotionally and mentally abusive, um, financially abusive, controlling. Um, the only thing I pretty much did not go through was physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And was that? kind of the whole time or did it start after yes. a certain point no it was um, definitely the whole time the day i got to germany it, it pretty much started okay yeah but but no indications before that before you guys were married or there was yeah absolutely um kind of how i fell into it was uh i did i made the choice to ignore a lot of red flags mm. yes yeah yeah, love is blinding, yes. right? Yes. Well, so. <laughs> I saw it. I just was like, whatever, sure. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So what then finally made you take those blinders off and and what was the straw kind of that broke the camel's back, I guess? Uh There wasn't really one straw. Um we lived in Germany. Uh there were very very dark times for me there. We moved to Tennessee. I started working again um, outside of the home and, um, you know, little by little, I started to 
like I had friends. I laughed a little bit more. Um, I would go out, you know, like have fun here and there. And I started to remember a little bit more of who I was. And then we got to back to Illinois. I was around my old friends and my family. And I started to remember a little bit more. I started to remember that I was actually loved. And, mm-hmm. you know, I started to get back to myself more and more. And that was the gradual process. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, you said he was very controlling. Like, can you just give us some examples of what, what, how did he control you? Um, there's a very wide range, I guess on yeah. the, on the smaller side, it was just like constant criticism and put downs mm. and stuff like that. Um, on the larger scale, he tracked my vehicle. He, um, he, at one point we went through a whole year of like a, a he made up an addiction that he had. And we went through this whole year of this fake addiction for wow. it to turn out not to be true. Um, he tried to trap me into a pregnancy, stuff like that on the larger scale. Wow. Yeah. So you, you were able to, to get out of that yes. eventually. And, uh, how did you do it? How'd you get out? Um, well he was still in, he was out of the military, but he was still reserves and he, he was always away for the weekend on drill one weekend. And, um, at that point, the previous week we had had a conversation i guess if there was a straw that was that was my straw we had a conversation and he basically blamed me for the entire relationship said nothing is was his fault like everything was my fault um and in my mind like something just snapped like oh this is not getting better hmm. um life can be better and so i just like made a plan for when he was away that weekend yeah yeah did you have any trouble after so once you once you made the escape, it was you were you were free and clear. Uh, yeah, almost. Good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. So, um, and the reason I ask all these questions, and I know they're not super easy to answer, but I'm sure there's somebody else out there going through oh, similar absolutely. situations, absolutely. right? So, what advice would you give somebody that's listening right now? Um, that may be in a controlling relationship or in a, maybe not one that's even controlling, but one where somebody is um, being mentally abusive or physically abusive. Um, what advice would you give them? Um, all I can say is that I know from being there that you have to be ready to leave. Um, so the only advice that I can give, ready or not, um, is to continue to work on yourself you have to work on yourself and protect yourself in that way because they're not going to, they're going to try and destroy you. Mm. Um, and the more you work on yourself, the closer you get to being ready. So what are you doing now to continue to work on yourself? Well, that's actually, well, I mean, that would be honestly advice for someone that's been in that on the other side of it now, like, there there truly is a um it would be the same advice continue to work on yourself there's a when you're in a relationship like that there's truly like a form of ptsd sure that comes along with it yeah um and to work on myself now as far as that kind of stuff goes um i just constantly i'm trying to always stay aware and conscious of my thoughts and my reactions Mm. And reflecting on like, okay, so you reacted this way to this. Where does that come from? Sure. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
you can't just let that stuff go because you are like programmed in a sure. way. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Right. Is this my true thought or is this a remnant of, is this a past Amanda? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so what's next for you? When's, uh, when's the next book? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, uh, you have the book, you have the blog, right? Del- what is it? Deliriousbliss.net. Yes. Correct. Yes. And then what about, are you active on social media at all? Yes, Delirious Bliss has a Facebook, um, and Delirious Bliss has an email. It's deliriousblissbook at gmail.com. Nice. And um, wh- uh, what what type of stuff do you do you put out to the community over on the Facebook page or, or on the blog? Um, I try and just keep it short and sweet, but just, you know, maybe like things we come across daily inspirational messages about thoughts we might have daily mm-hmm. and just a different way to look at them. Well, kiddo, like I said, I love what you're doing. Um, I'm so proud of you for writing this book. You've been and, the best. And the, the reason, the, well, the reason that, so the reason that I thought about you, um, right away for the podcast, um, is because I think it's incredible that somebody that, um, you know, you came from what we would consider an average childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's, you, you know, there's no, you, you didn't come from great wealth or anything like that. You know, you're just kind of a normal person that, I don't um, know about that. <laughs> well, you, you've been through some extraordinary experiences, yeah. right? And now you've done an extraordinary thing by, you know, I, I, I literally have only met one other author in my life. So now you're number two. Oh. So I, I think it's incredible that you can write a book have it published, put it out there to the world. You always and, make me blush. And to be and to be <laughs> such a good book too. Thank is, you. Uh, Thank it's you. really I'm really proud of you. Thank and, you very uh, much. I'm very glad that you uh, decided to sit down with me and and talk about it a little bit. And uh, I know we um, we got into some personal stuff, so I, I appreciate you being yeah. forthcoming about yeah, it no because problem. I do think that this book, I think that that your spirit and what you're doing will help people. Thank I really you. do. All right. That means a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. That's it.